My name is Brad Sterling and welcome to the CRC Land Podcast part of your experience with the Christopher Peter channel. In this new podcast, Adriana, JP, and myself will give you weekly updates of the social, political, and economic environments of our society based on current events. There have been rumblings about the preparedness of the American military. From the loss of talent due to retirements, mandates, and other reasons. Concerns over the perceived depletion of supplies supporting the Ukrainian defense. And the appearance of a loss of focus from addressing the real and present dangers facing America in favor of political agendas. These rumblings seem to become a reality when the military projected it is not prepared for the event of a conflict with our major adversaries, primarily China and Russia, according to the Wall Street Journal reporting. Of course, we have to project that if America is involved in another conflict, it would be either China or Russia that drags us into it. In the report, it does hold back from saying that it is a foregone conclusion of an American defeat, as both Russia and China would have major obstacles facing them as well. But, this should be an eye-opening discovery that maybe we are going the wrong direction in how we are preparing for future engagements or potential threats. We always believe that our military, the strongest in the world, will be there to protect us. That is why we really never fear or pay attention to global events as we should. How do we make the traditional optics of a strong and prepared military a reality if the military is saying it has preparedness issues? The American needs to be able to meet the present and future challenges that may face America. Our armed forces still are the best in the world, but have we shifted our dogma in where the threats reside from faceless foes in the form of terrorist organizations to include nuclear powers who wish to chip away at our diplomatic, economic, and superpower status on the world stage? The Cold War ended in the 1990s but apparently a former Russian general continues to not accept the reality since that moment of the USSR failing to exist. And now they are aligning interests with a communist giant in China who wishes to shift influence away from the United States and more towards Beijing. It is somewhat naive to think that the world would just accept the new norm following the original end of the Cold War. Easy for the victors to say no hard feelings. Obviously resentments and longing for past level of influence has shifted the world away from the global cooperation situation towards NATO versus the new troubling alliance of Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and maybe others. Our hope and our demand must be that our nation's military planners are up to the task in being able to address the potential challenges ahead while seeking to avoid conflict and engagements. Now let us hear from Adriana on the state of our politics. Welcome. My name is Adriana and I am going to talk about what is taking place in the world of politics. There is an importance for any society to have confidence in the capability of the people empowered to lead their respective nation. For some leaders, even in moments of failure, they still generate a level of respect from their constituents. Ignorance can be bliss. But, sometimes there are things beyond the control of those in power or outcomes one cannot reasonably predict. What helps is when people are able to acknowledge that hey I made a mistake and now I will change course or this is not working as we planned and now we will need to do this. But, in America, people feel that apologies and self-awareness are some kind of weakness. That is how we continue to get leaders who double down on failure and only see every problem in our society to be the same nail to be hit with the same kind of hammer. We continue to see our leaders tell us that everything is okay when it is clearly not. Thus putting their interests above the general welfare of the broader public. I think it is very telling when we see political finger pointing. The buck stops here principle no longer exists. I am not sure that Americans have ever felt that an administration is as inept as this current one is. 
Many conservative critics painted the Obama administration as one of the worst ones in history, but there were plenty of areas where a proper approach was taken or at the very least an acceptable outcome happened. Same with the Jimmy Carter era. Both have many shortcomings to justify why people feel the way they do. Some of their shortcomings may have amplified the anger for others. But, I do not think many of us can recall an administration that is perceived to be wrong on or late to the party on so many policy areas. On every action, Biden seems to have a unique ability to give every group a reason to doubt his leadership and judgment. To the point where it is a no-brainer that someone needs to primary a sitting president. For the sake of the party. We still do not know if Biden fully plans to run again. Signs show that he does so. And there are some rumblings about whether he plans to run again with the same presidential ticket as in the last election. In many ways, the only person who gives people more reason to doubt them than Joe Biden is Kamala Harris. There are many important issues that you cannot cackle your way out of. She is very skilled at saying a lot while saying nothing at all. But, what many people have trouble with is that issues she is supposedly tasked with addressing never get better. Illegal immigration is still a problem and growing worse. A problem that the whole administration, not only Harris, gives you the perception that it is not being taken seriously. Would Biden be better off selecting another number two in 2024? I think if the person balanced the ticket in a manner that gives voters a sense that there is a problem solver in the administration that is in their capacity and is not an ideologue. There are too many ideologues in this administration and too many that simply are not qualified based on the results. A new face would need to change the general perception in a meaningful manner. Change for change's sake will just show that Biden is simply finding another person to appeal to a specific voter group. In the end, I am not sure that he risks shaking up voter blocks with a change. If you are a prominent Democrat, I think it will be very tempting to primary Biden if decides to pursue another term. He will not be able to hide from the public and avoid questions like last time around. And his troubling performances as president will provide a high-profile upcoming Democrat a real opportunity to make this time theirs. Understandably, some may not want to split the base, but some may realize that there is a need to show Americans that the party can offer a viable and effective candidate. To this point, Biden struggles to keep it together. Finally, let us hear about the state of our economy. My name is JP and welcome. I am going to discuss our economic environment as well as happenings in our business community. The economy is not looking too good right now. Yes, the job numbers are still holding strong, despite the uptick in the unemployment rate. But, overall the sentiment appears to show that there is weakness coming. There are many people on the front lines of our economy. Those in government tracking data to determine what is going on, what will happen in the near term, mid term, and long term and what the positives or negatives will be and where they will be. Also, there are business leaders who pay close attention to the economic environment surrounding their organizations, their industries, and the interconnected markets that impact their customer bases, supplier networks, and employee pools. I always believe that the business community will give you a pretty good early indicator of where the overall economy is headed. Not just based on the market data from stock exchanges, but on the actions these companies take and any information and warnings they put forth to the public. 
the federal or state governments are influenced by our political system, so it is essential to have your ducks in a row before you release information. Politicians or government spokespeople are generally considerate of how their words might impact the perception of the economy, which will directly impact their own electability or the electability of the people that will maintain their appointments. But, business leaders generally will be a bit more direct because they need to act in order to starve off potential negative outcomes or position their organizations to benefit from potential positive ones. No one is perfect, but you can get a sense of how they perceive the economy based on their actions. For instance, many large tech firms announced job cuts and cancellations at the end of last year or early on this year. The general feeling is that initial cuts were to trim over hiring during the pandemic. Essentially, giving the perception that maybe it is not a big deal. Along with this there was generally a similar message from not just the tech leaders, but other sectors that the economy is not headed in the right direction. While early trims may be looked upon as simply right-sizing, companies do not always reduce headcount if they feel like growth is coming or that the short-term issue is temporary. Especially in an environment where workers really made employers struggle to convince them to return to work or even return to the office environment. Sure, companies adjust even in good times, but one would assume that many operate below expected capacity and might ride out a temporary downturn in order to re-experience the recruitment challenges of the past. Now, tech firms are announcing additional rounds of layoffs and cancellations. A clear message that their perception of the state of the economy is worse than previously expected and that a negative environment will last longer than previously expected. The messaging focuses on seeking efficiency. Getting leaner. In all honesty, how many of these companies actually concern themselves with leaner or efficient operations during the good times or even during the free money era? But with interest rates reducing the money supply to rein in inflation, many companies that simply wanted to grow in good times or bad, now are seeing that those traditional metrics that they may have felt were out of touch are actually what is needed when the growth in revenue is shrinking and may reduce altogether going forward. So when the big spenders start to pinch their wallets and leaders of a big retail chain warn of big purchases, that gives us reason to believe that the business community does not feel like the economy is in a good state despite some data points. While the politicians continue to message that the economy is strong, it appears to be otherwise. To make matters worse, the event of two banks failing is a red flag that we are not in a good economic time. Sure, there was some bad decision-making that one would expect a bank not to do. But the environment is creating dire situations that many are not able to rely on the traditional playbooks to make it out of. As of now, I do not believe that the economy is in a good place. In closing, we thank you for experiencing this episode. Please continue to visit the CRC channel at www.crcchannel.com for featured episodes of the Christopher Peter Review podcast and blog in this podcast. Take care.